You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Today we're doing things a little differently. What you've just heard is Natalia and Mick up on the cliffs at Bempton during a four-day investigation that we had. We've had so much evidence collected over those four days and audio. I've split tonight's feed into two nights. The footage is absolutely perfect. I've seen it with my own eyes last night and I'm absolutely blown away. The guys obviously have got so much evidence to go through. It's going to be a while before we can get everything out to you. But I wanted to discuss on this first part something that I've known for a while now and I'm sure many of you do out there. I wanted to discuss the cryptid sightings that happen on military of defence land. And it isn't just military defence land, it's also government land like prisons and areas marked as special scientific interest. There are a number of forests in the UK that you cannot enter without permission. Lots of them are owned, strangely, by the universities and the government, as I say, but you actually have to get escorted in and escorted out. And the way they do that is they call it a special site of scientific importance. So we, us poor folk, are not allowed on there. But it isn't just cryptids that happen on these kind of areas. There are many, many missing people. Strange lights that are seen in the sky, UFO and craft. And ILFs, what I would call an invisible light farm, almost like a predator-like creature. There are reports of seven-foot-tall creatures with glowing eyes. And a number of people who have contacted me because they felt that after visiting Pempton, especially, they'd come home with some kind of attachment. Some of them had lost their jobs, they'd lost their health, their relationships and their home just by visiting there. Reports have been made of deer found in Bempton with their ears removed, but no other explanation as to their death. There's no blood found at the scene. It's also believed sheep have been found with some of their internal organs removed with expert butchery skills, but again, no blood on the ground. In 2019, Mark Vernon, who's been investigating the paranormal for decades, says, 
Farmers have been losing a lot of animals recently, some with their organs and precise patches of skin removed. Whatever's getting these animals is hitting them with such speed that some of their internal organs have actually imploded. Paul Sinclair himself experienced a huge upright fever whose eye shine could clearly be seen only a few years ago now. And add to that the wealth of reports coming in from the paranormal sector, the UFO sector, encrypted groups who investigate the area on the Yorkshire coast themselves. Our team has been planning to visit Bempton since over 21. We arrived on March 11th, 2022. We booked in at a local campsite as home base and we invited one or two investigators out to join us on the Saturday or the Sunday. The whole investigation was enjoyable and I'd do it again in a heartbeat. But even I was shocked at how much activity we had. We settled in on Friday and we rested until the visit to Dane's Dyke in the evening. I was sat at one side of the car park. Their best was sat on the other side of the car park. And the gang set off and spread out across the parkland. And then they came back together to discuss points every now and again. Until we turned in. I was absolutely fine. I didn't get a feel for anything when we were in the van or when we came away. But as we turned that corner into Dane's Dyke, an intense feeling of sickness and oppression, that's the only way I could put it, came over all of us. All four of us in the car were clutching our heads and nobody spoke. So for me, it felt like a hand around my neck that was getting tighter and tighter. And I said, something's strangling me. And Carol Ann said, my head is absolutely crippled. Karen was the same and so was Mick. We felt very disorientated. We felt drunk. As we were in two cars, Carol Ann said, do not share with the second car what we felt until they'd had a chance to say if anything had felt off for them. Her exact words were, let's wait and see if they also felt it. Car pulls up, Lee got out of the car first and said, did you feel that? It hit us all as we turned in. The site felt ancient and ominous. I felt a brooding arrogance in the being that dwell there. There were many layers to work through, starting with the modern energy first and then working back to the land when it was new. Each member tuned in easily and used their individual skill sets to work with each energy and move through it. Now, on separate days, Kaz and Pete visited the area. On the first occasion, when we turned in, Karen tuned in instantly to an event where she feels that that victim is still living. She said it was a young boy. He'd been kind of enticed there by his so-called friends and then they'd beaten him up. And what was left was the sadness and the confusion of the event and they were very heavy in the air. Myself, as I say, I felt strangled. The energy was off kilter for me and it had not surprised me if many negative things had happened here. It felt as if we were being observed from the ridge at all times. We did catch movement up there in our torchlights. At first, I tuned into a girl, around 21, 22. She would have been alive in the 70s. And it felt that she'd been dumped there after a violent attack. I honestly think it was domestic. I then tried to move her on and try and work through another lower level of energy. But she wanted to stay where she was. And she was convinced that her fella had come back for her soon. And she was really confused. She was fair-haired and very pretty. But I wasn't mani- I didn't manage to move her on. She was staying there and she was waiting for him. 
Debbess stayed right next to the cars and she heard a number of male voices talking around her and it felt like they were moving around. She was leaning against the car when the car was given a really hard shove. Later, Karen took some images with the camera just randomly and there does seem to be an anomaly in the shot where Deb would have been standing. Lee and myself were feeling, hearing and speaking the same words in tandem. We both picked up on something along that ridge line that's a tripter who enjoys scaring people in the woodlands there. Luckily, he's tied to the land and he can't leave it. The words that kept coming up for me were trickster, malevolent and arrogant. It has a strong energy, just like Beulil and Lee picked up on that. We went back to the van and we had a debrief. And we spoke about what had happened um, and most of us went to sleep at that point. Saturday, we headed for Bempton Cliffs. The team split up into two small groups and we were joined by Sam and Mark and their lovely dog, Joe. It was very windy and cold, so I stayed close to the flat path. Kaz and Deb helped me walk to get closer to the rest of the group. I kept looking behind me because I saw a shift in light and I honestly thought it was Lee's torch because Lee's torch is very bright. Deb and Kaz also saw it. And as we went to walk back, Deb was almost pushed from behind. She felt as if Lee had run right up on her. And we turned to let Lee catch up, thinking it was him. And there was nobody there. And then the light just vanished. And to our surprise, Lee was much further up the path with the original group and hadn't left them. So I'm unsure what that light was. There was nobody out there with us that night. It did, however, as Paul Sinclair when we met up, if there was anything that had been reported with a light that looked like an old lantern. And he said, yeah, there's a fisherman, call it the old, the ghost of old railings, which quite shocked me. Myself, Cass, Sam and Mark stayed close to the car park so that I could still take part. And at one point, I saw what I thought was Lee again crossing between the two paths and then coming up with his torch. And then I realised his torchlight is white. And what I could make out was almost yellowish, like a candle flame, but much brighter. There was a person in grey or a figure in grey with the light walking across the headland between the two paths. But that person never appeared and the light just vanished. Cars earlier had been standing at the lookout point and the waves were crashing below and she had an overwhelming urge to throw herself over the cliff. I asked if she meant she felt sad or, you know, depression and she said no, the opposite. It was like I was willing to do it, like in a sacrifice that would benefit the whole tribe. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At which point she almost threw her phone into the sea. We had to move her off and the feeling ebbed off on her. I spoke Matt to Mark later that night um, on the phone and explained what had happened. And he mentioned the old scuttlers who would draw ships into danger by using a false light. He felt strongly that we should visit the lighthouse for an impromptu investigation. But we left that for Sunday evening and it was a good job that we did. And he reminded me how many tribes had lived on that cliffland for generations back through time. We do not know what their beliefs and ceremonies or customs were. Sunday day, we were joined by Natalia and Peter, who also investigate cryptid, UFO and paranormal events. Mark and Sam were also with us. And we went back on a day visit to Danestyke. We had to look at it in the day and get a feel. There was a faint essence of the earlier energy, but it was nothing like it had been at the night. We went back to base camp for a warm-up and some food and a bit of debrief. Chatting with Pete, the subjects of ancients came up and Pete explained that many of the tribes did have rituals that included self-sacrifice. I believe Cass picked up on that energy. She's very empathic. We taped this conversation as it took over three hours. And when it's edited, I will share it with you tomorrow and you guys can see what it's like on an investigation with us. You never know, you might want to join us one day. We didn't make any set plans for the evening and we decided to just go where the wind blew us. So we set off in three separate cars and just went with the flow. The whole weekend had been energy zapping. My legs were just not working, even for pay. And we were all discombobulated and some of us had some actual physical symptoms. Due to the intense headaches that we had, Caroline stayed back at base camp and she was completely drained. Myself, Kaz and Deb went to visit the lighthouse area as we could through it from the car and I didn't have to walk. We were joined later by the team who then went out to the Bempton Cliff area. Lee, Mick, Peter and Natalia had an experience that was life-changing for them that night. If I'd have been there, I'd have been a liability to them as I can't run and I would have held them back. I'm so grateful to the universe as she chose the right people for the job that night and she enabled us to be a welcome party for when the guys came back. For some context, the headland is pretty barren and open to the elements. There are hundreds of nesting birds along the cliffs and puffins on the rocks below. There's no light out there other than the moon and the edge is a very dangerous place. Even without the strange phenomena, this is a place no one should visit alone in the dark. It would be very easy to get turned around. The lights of the next town look very close, almost just around the corner. And if you headed straight for them as a crow flies, you'd fall to your death. I must stress, myself, Kaz, Natalia and Peter did not know the area and we all tuned in very quickly. 
On that Sunday night, Peter felt that something demonic had been unleashed on the land and that it would have a very negative effect on anyone visiting there if it wanted to interfere with humans. He asked if any missing people had been reported in the area and his wife Natalia felt the area had a very bad feel. So much so, Nat started to have pains in her chest and she felt that the team were in danger and she asked and asked but she couldn't get the guys to leave. So she had no choice but to carry on as leaving the car park alone and going up there without anyone was terrifying and I'd agree. Just walking out there alone is asking for a twisted ankle. To settle her, Mick stayed behind with Nat on the bench. Lee went off a little way from the group and they all had each other in sight at all times. They were within shouting distance of each other and they were just scanning the sky and the grounds for signs of anything. On all of our visits to the area, it was really windy and the noise of the sea was deafening. But as the group walked out onto the headland, everything went still and silent and strangely warm. Lee and Mick made a point of letting me know this on their return, as it was as if the whole atmosphere changed. The wind was whipping us 20 minutes earlier and it was biting cold when we were at the lighthouse. So to hear it suddenly went silent was strange. And then, from one corner of the heath, a whole flock of pheasants took off, as if they'd been disturbed by something. Lee's torch is very powerful, around about a thousand lumen. And as he lifted it to look ahead of the group, he caught sight of a figure with green eye shine that was standing very still, watching him. I have never heard Lee cuss or swear. In fact, he's a complete gent. He never swears to my knowledge. Whatever he saw made him shout, what the is that? The figure then twisted to the right and hid its eyes and its face from Lee. And he then asked Peter if he could see the same figure. As he did this, the figure moved again. And a second creature, much lower to the ground, moved in the opposite direction. Lee said, in his opinion, these figures transformed their shape as they moved. Peter said at first he couldn't see what Lee was pointing at, but he caught their movement as they both parted, like lions, about to flank their prey. Peter also swore a little, as he too was very shocked at what he was seeing, and this is a man who has decades of investigation experience. All this time Lee shouted for Mick and Nat to come back to the safety of the group. Safety in numbers is a real thing when you're threatened with an unknown enemy. At this point, Natalia had seen the movement and she can make out the creatures too. She described them as lioness-like in their stature and in the way they moved. She screamed towards the guys as she realised the beasts were about to bluff charge the group. Every person out there that night saw bright green eye shine. Natalia described the creatures as E.T.'s pets and they moved like lionesses. She said their ears were pointed on top of the head. And she said if it was a panther or a puma, she would not have been as scared as there were four humans in the group. But she is convinced well, that whatever this was, was much bigger and would have no trouble taking them all down with ease. Mick used his, light, his night vision tech to find the creatures in the field and he managed to catch them on film. The creatures moved very fast and they bound in unison like lions or unlike anything I've ever seen. There is a very similar movement 
to lions hunting on the Serengeti that we all know. They almost slink along. They both move like that, very low to the ground, and they use the shadow and grass to hide as they stalk the team. Each person saw green eyes, and they all commented on just how bright those eyes were. In the IR light on the footage, it lights up as white, and that's because the IR changes everything. And we actually managed to catch those eyes back at the van. They all saw more than one creature on the hill that night as they bounded uphill away from the group. Lee saw the initial creature standing upright in a bipedal stance. What the rest of the gang saw that night adapted to whatever worked best for it to move around them as they made their way back to the car park. Several times on speaking to Lee, he used the expression predator-like and he doesn't mean like a lion. He means like the morphing thing on the Predator film. You can see the movement and you can see the shape of it, but it's invisible. It was as if the creature could hide its true form. And the only thing that gave it away was movement and its vibrant green eyes. We went back to the van and we had a debrief. And when that debrief had finished, Deb Singleton and I were just outside having a cigarette. Deb was outside the van and I was on the top step. I could see a shadow, kind of Deb was facing into our caravan and the other end of the caravan behind the one next to us, something was peeping around that. It was tall and it was broad. And just as I said that, Deb saw something flit across right behind us to the right. It moved at unusual speed and was dark black and grey in colour. It was not another camper or someone in clothes. That campsite was absolutely barren. It was a similar colour and size to the grey thing I'd seen on the cliffs the night before, walking the path with the light. This time, there was no light, and we both felt that there was something around us checking us out. So we came in and locked the van up for the night. When the event happened to the team, they were out there on the cliffs for over an hour. They had eyes on that creature for 20 minutes of that hour. The green eye shine was very clear and the creatures can be seen moving around them. As they made their way to the car, they did hear the cracking of a twig, as if something had moved behind the fence unseen. At the end of this podcast, you will hear a conversation between Lee, Mick and the team as they arrived back at base camp. Kaz cleverly recorded the conversation as they came in through that door, because the event happened within 30 minutes, and we wanted to catch it as fresh as we could. They sound confused and shook up, but they both agree that what they saw out there was not an animal that they recognise. These guys spent hours and hours and hours in the dark up on Winter Hill. You know what a deer looks like. You know what a horse looks like. You know, people are going to say that, I know. But I've seen that film, and I speak parts in that film that I had to walk out of the room because it was so frightening. Now, the conversation you hear is raw because it wasn't an interview. You'll hear us talk over each other as we're all trying to make sense of what's happened. You'll hear message beeps as we correspond and check in with each other as Natalie and Pete were staying away from our main camp area. I don't want to tidy up the audio as it's real and precisely as it was when the guys came back. The truth is never clean and sterile. It moulds with each person as they share their truth. I call the after session on the, any investigation the debrief. Just talking it out can be really helpful. 
Hearing each other finish each other's sentences is what it's like on a debrief. In the coming days, when people have calmed down, I'll interview everyone in depth and I'll share those interviews with you. Talking with witnesses as close to the event as possible is vital while everything is fresh in their minds. For some, it comes flooding out as it did with Lee. Mick was more silent and puzzled, but he'd nod in tune to Lee as he spoke. Their body language screamed, what the hell just happened out there? And how do we process this? When I spoke to Natalia and Peter, we spent an hour and 45 minutes on the phone just discussing the events. Natalia made a point of asking me to warn anyone thinking of going out there alone. She felt that even Paul Sinclair wouldn't be safe. She also told me she now knew how Paul felt when he was out there with Andy Ramsden and they witnessed a tall, upright figure. And it was really easy to make out the eye shine. And at first it was upright and then it dropped low to the ground, as did these beasts of the night. It was a 14-minute drive between the cliffs and the camp. And when Liam and Mick pulled up in the car after leaving the others after the investigation finished and they got safely out of the car park, I'm sitting outside on the step having a cigarette and I looked through the driver's window. I thought there'd been an accident because they looked really strange and they were both like a grey, ashy white colour. I honestly thought they were going to tell us he'd hit something in the road. We'd made them a cuppa and settled them down. We let them talk. Lee asked for a pen as he tried to draw and explain the position of each member of the group on where the creatures were in correlation to those members. Both of the boys did not sleep well that night. I don't think any of us did. I remember me and Karen tucking the curtains in so that nothing could look through the window. And we really don't get scared normally. But we knew we had to go back there in daylight and see if there was any logical reason for what we'd seen that night. You know, they wanted to check for deer. I wanted to check for deer. Sign, there was no, no prints out there. I couldn't find any scart, no bedded down areas. Pretty barren out there. We wanted to check for reflections from signs or lights. We also wanted to do a height comparison. And we were able to see that the creature was much taller standing upright than at first thought because at night you can't see the lay of the land. Peter pointed out the creatures must have gone through the fence and not over it. And Natalia felt that whatever they saw that night was not of this world. It was some kind of pet, as she kept saying. This is E.T.'s pet. And the team agreed. Monday morning, the group went back to the area. As I said, we wanted to do lots of comparisons. We were joined by Paul Sinclair and Les, who went back to the area with everyone and interviewed each member involved in the previous night's events. As previously mentioned, this land is now a huge bird sanctuary, set amongst the World War II battlements. The land has a very off feel to it. It was so off-kilter by the energy that I had to stay in the car for the whole visit. I hope don't, people don't think I was ignorant, but I just couldn't get out of the car. I got out for a minute and I got back in. I got out for a minute and I got back in and that was me. They went back down to the cliffs and I stayed in the car. Kaz had a wonderful time as the locals would approach her and ask why people were filming. Um, we're just doing a documentary. What's the documentary about? Hmm, these chaps saw a creature out here last night. Oh, what kind of creature was it? A werewolf. We only come for the birds as they ran back to the car park. 
And she politely told each person who asked that the guys had seen a werewolf-like creature the night before. As you can imagine, that shifted a few people back to the car park. And then we were asked to be moved by a gentleman who was in charge of the area. We were asked to stop filming and to leave the land as it was private. We met up for something to eat and a cuppa while we digested everything that had happened over the weekend. I think we were all doing that. It's only been like three days since it happened as I'm writing this out to you. I think we're still doing it now. When we all arrived at my house, I invited the guys in and we explained to my husband what had happened. And after they went home, Mike said, it was almost as if Lee and Mick had changed personalities. Lee is usually very quiet and he was very animated. Mick's the chattier of the two, but he hardly said a word. They were both finishing each other's sentences and nodding in unison, trying to find out what it was that they saw. I spoke to them last night, the pair of them, and they still. They'd seen the video, so they know what was out there that night with us, and I've seen it now, and it's absolutely terrifying. I think these events give a very real look in what it can be like investigating these kind of cases. Each person sees the creature from their own eye-level perspective, as well as seeing the creature from a different angle as the group came together. Lee felt it was like a standing dogman with green eyes. Natalia felt it was more feline in shape. And Peter and Mick saw the creatures they were hiding in the grass as they were moving off. Pete felt there was some kind of shaggy fur or fur around the nape of the neck. And there were rings around the creature's eyes. Lee felt all the creatures were well-toned like a black horse or a stallion. Yet at times they moved like lions. All of the group agreed they moved in unison in a well-oiled manoeuvre that had clearly been carried out many times before. They all felt pushed off the land. They felt they were escorted to the car park. The words hunted, stalked, corralled and surrounded were used by many of us that night. As it stands at the moment, we're all catching our breath and trying to unpuzzle the events of that weekend. None of us have been put off investigating but we will be far more cautious from now on. I wouldn't advise anyone investigating at night alone as the situation could have gone very differently if the team had run or if there'd been less than four of them. We'd swept that area with light the two previous evenings and we feel that maybe this is why on the third night we had activity. Did we invoke a curious band of creatures or were as team under surveillance? by a predator-type being. Once sacred, it is then disturbed by the MOD. Its original purpose changes over time and the landscape seems almost like a sleeping giant. One step could awaken him at any point. I know there are a number of ex-army personnel who've had their own experiences at Bempton Cliffs. The guys know their stuff. They're used to situations you and I cannot even imagine. Yet they too were terrified after visiting the area. I spoke to one chap after he contacted me in August of 2018, after a visit to the cliff area. He said, I got myself into a bit of a state after visiting the base at Bampton there. I can tell you for certain that entire village is dark, but the base is definitely a place with a really bad vibe to it. The bad luck I've had since visiting that bloody base has been unreal. You couldn't make it up. I've been into the paranormal stuff since I was a kid. I have a huge book collection. 
I'm your typical conspiracy theory guy. I've not really opened up about what I think is the cause of the bloody dark part of my life that is literally making me sick. Know that doubt, that base has been used for dark purposes. Something was conjured up there and it's not good. I felt something attached to me since I went there. When she viewed through the veil, sadly, you cannot unsee or unfeel the things that were just you were not prepared to see that day. It's hard to handle. It'll make you or break you in the long run. And at this point, I'm pretty much messed up, confused and shaken. I honestly feel like some demon is playing mind games with me. I know this is not the only person to feel this way after a visit to Bempton or Dane'sdyke. There are many folk out there who have seen lights off the coast or along the cliff edge. There are many paranormal and supernatural events that take place. People report the water boiling as if a huge craft is about to emerge from the depths. There are people who say both areas have a cold feel, an almost damp, dank energy that would encourage a negative act if the human visiting was susceptible to such an attachment. Now you'll hear from the team on the night of the event. You'll also hear the debrief conversation back at camp. Tomorrow evening at 8pm, I will release a video of the whole team chatting in the caravan before the visit to Bampton Cliffs. I'll be back on Tuesday, the 22nd at 8pm on my YouTube channel with the team while they discuss live the events of that weekend. Next week, we'll be looking at reports that take place on military defence land and government land and we'll discuss the creatures seen there. Are they natural, hybrid or adapted creatures? Are they experiments that have gone wrong or right, depending on your point of view? Is this a stealth-like predator that transforms at will, a natural-born creature, or is it weaponized in a camo we can just not understand? If those creatures had not moved, or if their eyes had been away from the light, they would not have known they were out there. It was the movement that revealed them and the brilliant green eye shine. Where, where, where? There, Mick, like, there was something moving in the shoe. Oh, God, me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the fuck is that? Come back here, guys, for fuck's sake. Why can I not see it? I can. I can. It's, it's like a bit. Come with us. Let me go away, guys. Fuck that. Come back. Yeah, it's okay. That path, that takes you straight down. Yeah. We went to that first platform, second platform, Nat were feeling weird. I was feeling weird on that Pete platform. Pete says, is it an entity, a dark entity? We had going me, back. Stop me there. Mm. He said, we're either the <coughs> satanic cold storm, they've released something. Yeah. 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 But it's not nice. That's back down and we go to that hill where, where that other platform is, where everything happens behind. Where mm -hmm. the UFO landed, where they said they saw the eyes. Yeah. For a split them. second, we knew it didn't go. Yeah, because... What, to that pl platform? So that's... Well, we went straight back to the car, because I said, I feel like I need to go back to the car. And Pete said, where's the hill? And we said, it's just over there. And, they and he said, right, okay. And he said, come on now, we'll just make up. And 
that's what made us walk across. Right. So as, as we got to the bench, I said to her because she was getting really worried and yeah. worried. I said, I'll sit here with you. I've got this. I can see anything that's coming in. In fact, you watch for anything coming in. And you got up to that, and then that's when you shouted us. Mm. But before that, funny enough, we were Nat and Pete, and then Nat and Pete went behind us, and he said, I've, I've not felt anything like this before. He said, and, oh, oh, no, he said, I felt something like this before, that when we saw something on the, the quarry edge. And he said, oh, the, this, yeah. And I did, I felt a bit, not like, I thought, was he on about? Nothing like I could feel nothing, yeah. but it was so quiet, there was no wind. It was That's another thing very as well. Still. It was very, very still and warm. What? That's yeah. bizarre. It could have been in shorts and vests that were today. But we've heard the sea all day. Even think... when we went to the lighthouse, you could, you, yeah. you could hear it. Do you know what I mean? It's like down in the valley. I've never seen it. I, I stood there and I said, get up here. 
and he was like coming slow because his charts weren't so good. And Nat, obviously, she's not fast moving. Well, I didn't have any charts for me. And I said, for fuck's sake, get up here with your aura. I said, get up here. And just as he's coming, the one at the bottom shot off to the left at the bottom. But when he connected with the other, they both shot off up the side of the hill and they were like two black beauties. They were like stallions. And they went behind the hill and he landed with Nat and he could see him bobbing down. Did Nat see him? Nat saw him, yeah. Yeah. They, we all saw him. Did they feel like they were stalking you then? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But I think the reason not why... For, not for a dinner. No, we're curious. They were curious. Yeah, we're and even Pete said that because Dad said, I'm frightened to death. We've no, got to fucking go back. They're hunting. He said, you can't do it. Well, the, the, the problem we were walking over, and you were shining the door, she saw me and she went, my God, what are them? They're coming this way. Funny enough, my, my, my camera kept going, record off, record off, record off, record off. Yeah, yeah. Weird. 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 my batteries are fully charged. Yeah, you and said that when we first got there. When we first got there, when we finished this recording, no longer use the last. Gone. Gone to nothing. Fuck okay. it. If it's uh, Neil Laura's looking out, because in uh, the end, I was thinking, I can't get on camera because I can't see it, and I'm thinking. Well, that, that yeah, shed, sir, though, isn't it? I've got the church on it. Well, yeah. You, you I'm not supposed to stick it. Yeah, well, he's thinking it's really easy. Like, yeah. He says to your wife, not Billy, no, yeah, why didn't you go and ask him? I would say dog, dog man stood up for yeah. that kind of... Hi. Yeah. It's, it's, it's big eyes. It's yeah. big eyes. I haven't seen it, but the thing is, it's that feeling it was giving us. Yeah. I yeah. can't get over that feeling. That feeling in car park when Pete said, I'm coming back, and I'm going... And it just started in the end. He just, and he just thinking, I could feel it boxing us in. Yeah. And he said, it's not over there, it's still behind you. And I turned around and my body just turned totally. Yeah. It was like, I just, I don't know, turned around and hit the sun. You know, it just went red hot and I just couldn't stop shaking. When you have a, an anxiety attack, yeah. you yeah. feel as though, oh, everything's it's coming close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Your body's that, shutting that down it. or something. It was just, it was honestly, it was weird. Like, mm. You know, the other thing is, there's nothing on the earth now that can scare you. Mm. There you go. And at those moments, well, you know, you've never seen me. I'm not scared, but it weren't scared. No, he's, he's not. But to say yeah. that to me, to say don't go over, Nick, leave it. Not sensible. I said we're well, getting more thingy because it's clicking me head. I'm going click, click, click. Andy Ramston, look, yeah. look at it. Nothing. I've told. Pete says he's got it's going away now, and the body was changing. It was going more relaxed, and then suddenly it felt like I jumped out of a plane. Yeah. I was free. Yeah. And then, next thing he said, oh, he got in the car. And he <laughs> said, oh, it's, coming, it's coming back. And we oh. said, oh, I said, come on, let's go, we've had enough. Yeah. It's coming back. But he oh. said, there was, like, then two we saw, yeah. but there was another. And he can't put his finger on it. He said, that's what they've released. Oh. He said, well, I, can't, I cannot think what it is. He said, so before we saw them two, before we had the sighting, yeah. I said, what do you think the entity is? He said, I'm not saying I'm building it up, I'm trying to picture it, I'm trying to picture it, and he wouldn't say. It's just, it's just the eyes when you're like, mm. once you know what they are and what they look like, you kind of got power over them. Yeah. I don't really know. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I caught up with Mick and Lee last night as we went over the footage um, and there's hours and hours of it to be gone over so I've left them with that I'm going to do my thing and I think we're all just going to rest for the week at the end of the week because it really was energy zapping but a fantastic time and I would definitely do it again so thank you to Yorkshire for welcoming us and showing you some of her secrets. Until next time, good night everyone. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.